0: Welcome to the Colonel in Your Corner podcast, hosted by Carl Truman. Carl is a retired U.S. Army Colonel and award-winning personal injury attorney with over 30 years fighting for the people. On the show, Carl speaks with public servants who share with you their service journey. The guests talk about stories of leadership and helping others. And now, here's your host, Carl Truman. This is Carl Truman talking to Tara Avis uh, for my uh, weekly podcast here. Uh, Tara is the Harrison County Veterans Service Officer. And so I'm going to talk to her today about what she does and some of the issues and some tips that she can provide to fellow veterans who uh, maybe need to file a claim and help prepare their claim. Uh, good morning, Tara. Thank you for being on my podcast today.
1: Good morning. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, first of all, tell us uh, what your position is with the uh, Harrison County Veterans Service Office.
1: Okay. I am the Veterans Service Officer for Harrison County, and I file the claims for uh, service-connected disability and for um, veterans' pension, along with a myriad of uh, other things that veterans may be entitled to.
0: Uh, so tell us how you got started and just a little bit of your background about what you do.
1: Yes, so I am an Army Reserve veteran. I served six years in the Army Reserve as a logistics specialist. And when I was getting ready to discharge from the Army Reserve, I met a veteran who knew that there was an assistant position available um, at our local service office. And so I went to speak to my predecessor, uh, Leslie Snyder and was interviewed, went through the interview process and was hired and began working for her. She trained me extensively on the process for assisting veterans, both in county and state benefits and then later on in federal benefits. And she decided to move up to a federal position and I had already began my accreditation paperwork and training, and I interviewed for the the head position and was hired. That was about four four and a half years ago. I started um, in the head position August of two
0: thousand seventeen. Wonderful. I retired from the Army Reserve after twenty eight years. What unit did you serve in? Uh, the first
1: five years, I was part of the H of the 229 Flying Tigers unit down at Fort Knox. Oh. Um, and then my final year, I was down in Bardstown, Kentucky.
0: Oh, wonderful. Uh, most of my time with the 100th division in uh, in Kentucky and at Fort Knox. So-
1: Oh, uh, very neat, very neat.
0: Well, we all know that uh, it's very important to, for veterans to be prepared to get the claim filed when they come to see you. So what are some of the tips that you can provide to make the process go smoother and help you do your job?
1: Absolutely. So the number one thing that we need before we can start any other process is a DD-214 or the discharge papers from National Guard or Reserve Time. If a veteran does not have those documents, we can help them file for those documents through the National Personnel Records Center. That is a bit of a lengthy process. So if this is something that is urgent, um, you need to let us know that it's an emergency or an urgent matter, such as homelessness or the death of a veteran, and we can get that process a little faster. And then if a veteran is wanting to file a disability claim, one of the things that they can go ahead and start preparing um, would be any records that they have from their time in the military. And again, if they don't have those records, we can help them apply for those. Um, but if they have them, it it is greatly beneficial in speeding up the process. And then additionally, I like to have two years of your past medical records. So for instance, if you're wanting to apply for hearing loss, and you have um, seen an audiologist, and you want to bring those records in, that would That would help because that would help to prove that you do have um, hearing loss, Uh, you know, along with other conditions. You know, if you have PTSD and you've been to a PTSD clinic or you've been undergoing counseling for the past two years um, or even previous to two years, those records are greatly beneficial in helping me to not only know who the veteran is, what they've been through, but also how to proceed forward in filing this claim. And then if a veteran is going to apply for pension, um, say because they are below the poverty level or they are uh, they have recently lost a job or whatever the case may be, then having your financial information front and center is, is beneficial. So saying the statements to prove that you've attempted to pay bills, um, have to bills, so on
0: what are some of the requirements just to, so people know, am I even eligible to file a claim? Because sometimes I talk to veterans and they're not sure, you know, well, they say, well, I, di- I didn't serve in combat. I don't think I'm eligible. What are some of the basic criteria for veterans to be aware of?
1: Absolutely. So any veteran who has served in the military in any capacity, so they've taken that oath, they went to basic training or boot camp, and even if they were injured in basic training and boot camp, they can file a claim if they have any type of injury, and it's highly beneficial for a veteran to contact a veteran service officer, even if they don't think that they are eligible, because oftentimes veterans do not know to read between the lines. They don't know that they had hearing loss registered in their medical records. Um, They don't know that they've had little injuries listed in their medical records. So really, any veteran, whether they're National Guard, Reserve, or active duty, they are eligible for at minimum a consultation, and typically most veterans are eligible for applying for hearing loss, disabilities, uh, because we all know that you know, adequate hearing protection was not provided to service members until very recently.
0: I spent my time on tanks, so I certainly appreciate that.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) So, I mean, I've I've heard some veterans comment, uh, well, I got hurt in basic training and had to, was kicked out because I got hurt, but I didn't serve my full term. Am I still eligible?
1: Yes, the answer is yes. So, what I always like to tell veterans when they come into my office and they ask these questions is I say, had you take two of you, one who never joined and and you who has joined, and if the circumstances are the they are mirrored, you would have always had this condition, you would have always had this incident occur whether you joined or not, then we probably can't apply. But if you if the answer is no, in the, the version of you who never joined would not have this condition such as hearing loss or skeletal injury or heat exposure incident or, you know, whatever the case may be, and then the version of you who joined does have that, then you probably want to file that disability claim or allow a service officer to do that for you. So it doesn't matter if you were hurt on that first day of basic training, you know, say, for instance, uh you had a heat stroke that first day of basic training which is not uncommon um training is is quite intense as you know and so it's not uncommon for people to be injured during basic training and yes they can apply for uh disability for that they will be issued a dd 214 and discharged and um, we can apply for disability for them
0: another scenario that i see a lot is uh let's say someone is um, off duty over the weekend playing basketball and uh, get injured or they were in a car wreck while on leave, sometimes they aren't aware that that is a service-connected injury also. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes. We can always apply for anything while they are Actively serving now. If they are a reservist or a National Guardsman, and they have a car accident or a sporting accident when they are not actively on duty or on the way to duty, then that is a different scenario. So, say for instance, they are they have a drill weekend in July and then another one in August. In between those drill weekends, they go swimming and they hit their head or they, you know, have a car accident, then that would not constitute as a service-connected disability. But if you're an active service member or you're in a period of active service in the National Guard or Reserve, Mm -hmm. and you are injured, yes, that would be considered a service-connected disability.
0: Well, that's a good point that uh, I think a lot of reserve and guard soldiers really don't understand. What does a reserve or guard soldier need to do if they are injured on their uh, weekend drill or annual training while in the performance of their duties? What's your advice to them to get the proper documentation to protect that claim and make sure it is adequately documented for future?
1: Yes. So if they are seen by a medical professional, um, whether it's on base or off base, they need to have those documents. If they are on their way to duty and say they have a car accident um, but aren't transported, they can often get a copy of that police report and show that, you know, they did sustain damage to the vehicle, which they may not know at the time. Hey, I have whiplash, which caused issues in Mm my uh, vertebrae or whatever. But that would at least show an incident that would prove, The incident occurred.
0: What if uh, they're on their uh, weekend drill duty during, you know, performing their duties and they get home Sunday evening or Monday morning and, you know, they say, you know, my back is hurting me. I hurt my back this weekend lifting something. What
1: should they do? Mm -hmm. So they should go see their primary care provider, explain to the primary care provider that they did injure their back over the weekend performing duties military duties specifically and go into detail and then that provider should put that in the medical note and then they can use that as uh, supporting evidence in a claim.
0: (laughs) Should they also go through their chain of command to get a line of duty investigation report?
1: Yes absolutely and then additionally if they have any type of physical therapy anything that pertains to that condition they are going to want to have documentation of that Um, And then, of course, any injury should be reported to the chain of command.
0: And what about a a witness statement or what we call buddy statements? So if one of their Mm -hmm. fellow soldiers saw them complain of pain, uh, is that helpful to get a statement from one of them to say, yes, I saw him lift a piece of equipment while at uh, drill this weekend and he complained that he was hurting?
1: Absolutely. So a buddy statement does hold weight when filing a claim. Um oftentimes if other service members have been injured, say for instance they were doing a rec march and several service members complained of injuries, you're gonna to go to, you're going to want to go to the uh, service members who were also injured, and then you want to go to your platoon sergeant, your commander, your first sergeant and get a buddy statement from somebody who is a little bit higher in that chain of command so that it's not just a peer and peer while those help, it does also greatly benefit a veteran to have somebody who is higher up in the chain of command to verify that, yes, this was in fact something that occurred to this soldier and or to other soldiers or service members.
0: sailors. Well, it seems that the common theme and what I see in all the, areas of law that I practice, whether it's a personal injury claim or a um, social security claim or any type of legal claim is document, document, document. I think those are the three words yes. to remember.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Like, you really cannot have too much evidence. I, I can't stress enough how much um, how much evidence can really be the turning point. We can have a veteran who is denied in. And says, Well, I actually have a photo of when this occurred. And that photo, just that one small four by six, will be the turning point to them having the uh, service connected disability.
0: My personal story I was in Army Airborne School in 1984 and during uh, ground week, and, and uh, hurt my hip doing parachute landing falls and it got so bad i i had to take tylenol and and hide my limp from the instructor so i wouldn't get recycled and at the my final jump i mean my whole leg went numb but i was just so anxious i said i'm ready i just want to i just want to get out of here (laughs) so i didn't tell anybody (laughs) and and 30 years later i still had had hip-hop issues my wife I was having a hip problem, and my wife says, "What you told me about what happened at Airborne School, so probably related." But I didn't document it. I never. I just, yes. I, you know, I was young and and tough, and didn't just shook it off.
1: Yes. <laughs> so one thing I tell a lot of our veterans who are getting ready to discharge is, you know, get every piece of documentation that you can right now because it can mysteriously disappear. It can get lost in the process. It shouldn't, but it can happen. I've seen that happen before. So yes, report every injury and there is something that a lot of uh, service members are afraid of becoming, and that's called a sick call ranger, where right. if you have an injury or an illness and you go to sick call, which is where you go and be seen at the local clinic, mm-hmm. then, you know, and if that's a recurring situation, then you can be called a sick call ranger, be seen as a right. week. Um, but, <laughs> you know, think long term in the scenario. And even though we want to look out for our whole unit, you also have to consider that you need to look out for yourself as a service member as well. Um, because if you plan on staying in, you're not going to be able to fulfill the missions if you aren't seeing for the injury. And then if you plan on getting out, how is that going to affect your civilian life and your family as well?
0: That's so true. Yeah. Nobody wants to be seen as a whiner about, you know, to okay. go to on sick call. I think one of the best advice I ever had when I was a brand new lieutenant, one of my uh, NCOs told me, you know, whatever, any piece of paper I get in the army, keep a copy, keep everything. Uh, And that served me well, especially, you know, many years later when I was retiring, if I hadn't have kept some of those documents uh, I wouldn't have gotten all the benefits that I should have.
1: Oh yes. And it's, Interesting that you mentioned that, because two weeks ago, uh, my husband and I were doing some spring cleaning in my garage, and we came across all of the documentation that I had saved. And thankfully, I had a female NCO who really stressed that to me, even provided for all of her soldiers a binder and um, document protectors so that they would save those documents and I found a lot of those and quite interestingly I did find a piece of medical documentation that I had been looking for for quite some time and wasn't able to obtain from the military and so that was very beneficial so if somebody is still in or you're spring cleaning and you're a veteran and you think oh I don't need that anymore Mm. absolutely keep it say that you never know when you're going to need that (laughs)
0: Yeah, scan. And these days, you know, scanning is so available, scan it in the computer and keep a a copy and a backup. Uh, So, yeah, that's been very helpful. And in all types of uh, injury cases, I recently had an automobile collision case come in where the my client took out his cell phone and because the police wouldn't come because I don't know, COVID or whatever. So he took out his cell phone and interviewed the other driver and asked the driver to admit on video that he had run the red light and he did. And, you know, without that stock type of documentation, later on, the guy would have gotten home, talked to his insurance company and said, no, I don't think I did run the red light. So just another example of documenting.
1: Yes. And it's so good that he caught him in that heat of the moment, because if you wait, chances are, you know, people are either going to forget, they're going to second guess themselves. You know, I even see some veterans gaslighting themselves where they say, I know this happened. And then they think about it and they're like, well, maybe it's not as bad as I really thought it was. But, you know, when you look at the documents, you you do see that it actually is you know, quite that bad or that scenario really did happen to the full extent of, you know that they remembered. So it's great that he caught him in the heat of the moment, and it's so important that when you know emotions are high or you know the adrenaline's pumping, that you do document every single detail that you can.
0: The other thing about going through all those old boxes of records is sometimes it's just fun to reminisce, looking back at
1: yes. what you did. <laughs>
0: and all the things you forgot about, you know, years ago.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, It was really neat because, um, you know, when you're living the military life, my husband was not in, but he and I were together and married the entire time that I was in. And, you know, when you're living that military lifestyle, you don't actively talk about every single thing that you did during, you know, training or drill weekend or, whatever the case may be. And so it gave us the opportunity to look back and see, you know, share some stories of what each other was going through during those Mm -hmm. weekends. Um, Also see some of the notes that I had written. And then uh, also um, we have quite the stack of uh, letters that we exchanged whenever I wasn't able to talk on the phone or uh, video chat. So that was really neat. They're reminiscing. Uh, Definitely worth going through and doing some spring cleaning. So,
0: Unfortunately, now there, there aren't any more of those handwritten letters. It's all email and text messages.
1: Yes, yes.
0: <laughs> but Tara, what geographical area do you serve?
1: So I can serve any U.S. veteran. However, uh, my main priority is Harrison County.
0: And if someone needs help with a claim, how can they reach you?
1: So they can reach me at uh, my telephone number. My office number is 812-738-4249. They can also reach me at my email address, veteransserviceatharrisoncounty.in.gov. That's veteransserviceatharrisoncounty.in.gov. And then we are also located... Um, At the Harrison County Government Center, and that address is 245 Atwood Street, and we are suite 102, so we're on the first floor.
0: Are there certain office hours uh, if someone needs to come in?
1: Yes, so typically Monday, Tuesday, Thursday is going to be um, 845 to 4, and then Wednesdays are 9 to 3, and Fridays are 9 to noon. And those are subject to change simply uh, because of either travel or obviously COVID can factor in. We did have that occur uh, last year. And then the best thing really is to do is to call us the morning that you're wanting to come in and make sure that somebody will be available or that there will be staffing um, available, especially during this pandemic situation.
0: Well, Tara, thank you for taking the time today and explaining this uh, your very valuable services to fellow veterans. It's been very informative, and I'm doing what I can to get the word out to for every veteran to get the benefits that, that they've earned and they deserve. So thank you for being on my podcast today.
1: Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And anything that we can do to assist veterans, um, we're more than happy to do. Thank you for listening to another
0: episode of The Colonel in Your Corner, brought to you by Carl Truman. We hope you enjoyed listening to our guests and their valuable insight. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.